Welcome back to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode, what are we listening to, Pat? Well, we have another bel canto opera. This is Roberto Devereaux. By, by Donizetti. By Donizetti. So it's, a, it's about an Englishman? It is about an Englishman. But it's written in Italian by an Italian. Of course. <laughs> we love that. We love Italian operas in Italian. We do love Italian operas. Muy and I'm going to give some background, but while you still have the memory of that opening bit of music in your mind, I want to ask you what we just listened to. God Save Our Gracious Queen. Yes, or many Americans would think of the tune, My Country Tis of Thee. Mm-hmm. Sweet Land of Liberty. <laughs> of thee I sing. Yes, exactly. And that is a tune intentionally taken by Donizetti. And it's there, it was, again, if you were trying to hum along and thinking, my country tis of thee, it, it was, he played with it just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. He made it his own. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, after all, it is the, the national anthem of the English. And well, I guess not of the Americans. No, it is one of our patriotic songs. Yes, patriotic songs that's played at Fourth of July and stuff. Right. So he's intentionally setting the stage, letting you know that we are in England. Mm -hmm. And we're patriotic. Very much so. This is one of the three operas popularly known as the Tudor Queen operas by Donizetti. Actually, a third of those operas. Ah, okay. So do we have like Elizabeth, Mary Queen of Scots, and uh, the other one that got her head chopped off? Well, well done. Yes, we they the they are specifically they are called uh, Anna Boleyn. Oh, I wish I could do the Italian, but well, can I just do it in English? Yes, of course. It's Anna um, Anne Boleyn. Thank you. I, no, I can't do it in English. Is the answer Anne Boleyn, Mary Stuart, uh-huh. which is Mary Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. and this one's Roberto Devereux. But truthfully, Elizabeth the First, Queen Elizabeth is the main character here, even though Roberto Devereaux is the title character. Is Roberto Devereaux her love interest? Roberto Devereaux is, or Robert Devereaux, is the last of the favorites of Queen Elizabeth. So this is Queen Elizabeth uh, in the final... The Virgin Queen, the Great Virgin Queen, who never married. That is one of her distinctive characteristics that is one of she reigned for quite a long time Mm -hmm. on the throne only recently surpassed by the long reign of elizabeth Mm -hmm. ii elizabeth regina exactly and roberto Devereux is she had a long line of favorites and one of her prior favorites to roberto Devereux, earl of essex that's his title was prior to that was his stepfather Ah, so she sort of inherited him once she, her ste- once his stepfather right. uh, presumably passed away. Yeah, Earl, she was like, "Okay, was, I'll take you now." Earl of Leicester, Robert Darnley, was her favorite before that, mm. and he was uh, Devereux was a, a generation or more younger, dashing, handsome, witty, and quite full of himself. Hmm. Um, arguably, his. Self-confidence, his overconfidence was part of his, spoiler alert, downfall. His, de- his demise. So Uh-oh. there's plenty of drama ahead because it's a good I'm opera. I'm excited. I mean, before we started, you know, putting the calendar together and looking at what we were going to do, I don't think I had ever even heard of this opera. Well, it. I, I have this huge book, The Grove Book of Operas, 
and it's not even in there. Really? This book that I have. I was stunned, to tell you the truth. They don't have all the operas that we've done in there. It's a big book. Because <laughs> we're just getting so prolific Well, now. there's a ton in there that we haven't done as well. But, you know, you can't have everything in there. And it's not one of the most common operas. It's interesting. We talked uh, when we did Bel Canto operas before. Bel Canto fell out of favor for a long time. Kind of in the middle of the 20th century, Bel Canto saw a revival mm. in the general opera repertoire. And, and Bel Canto, just to remind our listeners, is yes. beautiful singing. That is what had the translation of it. And Bel Canto was particularly popular in the first half of the 19th century for composing of mm-hmm. Bel Canto. Our three Bel Canto composers, the, the very popular... Oh, right. I remember. Do you this. remember who they are? Uh, Besides well, Donizetti, two Donizetti... More. Uh, oh gosh. Think of that lovely champagne drink with peach. Ah, Bellini. Yes. And spaghetti. <laughs> Not spaghetti. I know. Rossini. Rossini. Ah, Bellini, Rossini, Donizetti. Okay. Those are our three big name bel canto composers. And one and of the all thing- sort of 19th century. Yes, primarily first half of the 19th century. Okay with their compositions. And the beautiful singing means that we get to look forward to very tuneful operas. And Hooray. it also means that at the time, the the diva reigned supreme. Mm-hmm. And there was an expectation at the time, somewhat, somewhat true today, not as much as in the first half of the 19th century, there's a little bit of embellishment, improvisations, particularly as uh, yeah. subsequent uh, repetitions of the words. Okay, occur. so is the bel canto stuff that's kind of like how uh, jazz is when they sometimes when they yes. um, improvise a little bit of yeah, and they, they can do the exactly stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay, they they will embellish. They will put flourishes on. Yes, the the absolute beauty and the singers will take liberties sometimes with what the composers have written and that's because they're just in the flow they've dropped in they're in the flow and they're feeling it and they just they want to flourish it's and it's lovely and i and i might point out too uh, in terms of this particular set of operas they i mean they may or may not have started out to be a set they became a set this is the third of those the first being if you know your english history you know of course that anne boleyn would be the first. The first of those. Mary Stuart would be the second. And because I've told you that this is at the end of Queen Elizabeth I's life, this is going to be the final one. I'll throw in a little bit of history here. But I will tell you, if you really want to know your history, opera's not a good place to go. There are a lot of historical inaccuracies in okay. this opera. And I can't even say historical fictions. I would just say inventions that make their way into this opera as well. Okay. Well, I mean, it's been interesting because as you know, Pat, I am woefully... Well, number one, I have a memory like a goldfish, as I've said many times. And number two, I just never really leaned into history. So for me, Opera for Everyone has been a massive history lesson. So caveat emptor, buyer beware. If you're just coming to Opera for Everyone for the history, be careful with this one. Well, speaking of not being historically accurate, let's meet our first character okay. <laughs> in the opera. All right. And that is Sarah, the wife of the Duke of Nottingham. Okay. Who was not a duke in real life. He was an earl. 
and his wife's name was Catherine. But let's meet Sarah. Okay. Sarah is a sad woman. Mm-hmm. Poor Sarah. The first singing we hear is the is the choir singing. Her face is deathly pale. They're, she's so sad that they're afraid for her health. Uh-oh. And Sarah will sing this song that introduces herself to the audience. Ah, tears are sweet for one in sorrow. All right. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are listening to the opera Roberto Devereaux by Gaetano Donizetti. She's so sad, Pat. She sounded very, very sad. She's very, very sad. And she says, and in my circumstances, even tears are forbidden. What? It's really bad. Why would tears be forbidden? It's a sorrow she can't let anyone know about. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
Since so she wait, she's the Duke's wife, but mm-hmm. she's not really the Duke. He's not really a Duke. He's no, no, actually, well, you, you're doesn't not matter. supposed okay. to know that. So he's for the purposes of the opera, he's a Duke. The Duke of Nottingham. Yes. And her name is Sarah. Yes. And she's really sad, but it's a sorrow that she has to keep to herself. Mm-hmm. That entire song we heard mm-hmm. doesn't have many lines. What was it called? El afito y dolce y pianto. Tears are sweet for one in sorrow. And in my sad circumstances, even tears are forbidden. My fate is much harsher than that of Rosamund. You die only once, while I must bear a living death. That's the entire lyric of the song. Are you going to tell me or do I have to wait? Well, it may be that she's in love with someone she cannot have. That's what I was thinking. I mean, when stuff like that, when you have to keep it to yourself, it's like it's either like a pregnancy or a, an affair. And pregnancy usually means that it can't be hidden for long or you pretend that it's somebody else's. Well, yeah, and pregnancy is not usually a crisis for a married woman, even if it's somebody else's, because that can be, you know... Fudged. Fudged. So, yeah, she's a married woman, but she's in love with someone else. Right. So, on to the next scene. Mm -hmm. We get to meet our next major character. Kianess, who is it? Elisabetta. Or we'll we'll call her for this purpose, we'll call her Elizabeth. Elizabeth Mm -hmm. I, the queen. The queen. The queen. So, yes, we've mentioned that these are English people. And Mm -hmm. we'll probably use the English names, even though it's an opera. Written in Italian. Written in Italian. Except I think we're going to just have to call Roberto Devereaux. Roberto Roberto Devereaux. Just because... I Why think not? we're going to have to do that. Because it's dead sexy to be able to say Roberto Devro. <laughs> that was an interesting it was accent. Scottish, yeah. I was sorry. <laughs> I get confused. That's fine. He gets himself in trouble in Ireland if you want to try that one if on we for follow size. him. Okay, so is it, do we meet him next? No, no we, we meet, meet Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Let's meet Elizabeth next. She is going to tell us it was a love that was more prized than the throne. Okay. If you have just tuned in, you are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are listening to the opera Roberto Devereaux about Elizabeth I, a bel canto opera in Italian by Gaetano Donizetti.
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we're listening to Roberto Devereaux by Donizetti. And I'd like to mention that in this recording, we are listening to, um, we've just heard Demetra Theodosiu playing Elizabeth, Queen of England. And our male lead, the Duke of Nottingham, is played by Andrew Schroeder. And this is a recording that was made by the orchestra and chorus of the Bergamo Musica Festival, conducted by... Marcello Rota. Although technically, Nottingham would be the second lead, I think. Okay. Who would the first be? Oh, yes. Devereaux. Of course. Duh. Okay. We the were, tenor. So we listening. <laughs> How could I forget that, Pat? Yeah. Yes. So Robert Devereaux, the Earl of Essex, in this recording is played by Massimiliano Pisapia. Right. And our I think mezzo? I said that correctly. And our mezzo is Sarah, Duchess of Nottingham, played by Frederica Bragalia. Right. So, yeah, it's worth noting our soprano is Elizabeth, mm-hmm. the queen, and our mezzo is Sarah. Yes. Our tenor is... Robert Devereaux and our... Baritone. Baritone is the Duke of Nottingham. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, he's got some really, really tuneful songs to sing. Actually, they all do. This has got some beautiful music in it. Yeah. May not have great history, but it's got great music. <laughs> so so we've just heard from our soprano, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and um, the title of that track was, It Was a Love That Was More Prized Than the Throne. Right. A love more prized than throne. So who was she in love with? Well, let me back up just a little bit, because immediately preceding this song, Sarah was saying how sad she was. Well, she was alone on stage when she was saying that. Mm-hmm. And then we have Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who has come on stage, and she is with her ladies. Mm-hmm. Sarah is one of her main ladies-in-waiting, ah. a great confidant and source of support for her. Okay. And she turns to Sarah, Elizabeth turns to Sarah and says, Well, Duchess, I have yielded to your husband's fervent plea, and I will at last see the Earl, meaning the Earl of Essex. Mm. which is the title of Robert Devereaux. Correct. So, so in this Sarah story, and her husband, the Duke of Nottingham, are like, hey, you should meet Robert Devereaux, the well, Earl of Essex. Nottingham, which is, you know, it, it's, it's common to just refer to the Earl of Nottingham just to say Nottingham or, you know. That's just, like his title. Yeah, but you oh. call him that. So you call him Nottingham. Nottingham. Hey, Nottingham, what's up? They're exactly, like, yeah. just okay. like that. Okay, all right. <laughs> So, so they're like, you in this meet story, Essex. not in actual history, but in this story, they are great, great friends. Mm-hmm. And Nottingham has been begging Elizabeth to see Essex, Devereaux, because he's in a bit of trouble. He's in a bit of hot water. Mm-hmm. He had been sent on a military campaign to Ireland, mm-hmm. and people are not happy with how he conducted himself Mm-mm, not in the least was he like gambling and no not at all chasing women around and he granted clemency to some of the defeated irish oh and they did not think that that was wise because if you grant clemency they can rise up again right and that was seen as problematic aha and he was not authorized to do that, right. which is even more problematic. Yeah, that seems like a big thing to kind of just make a unilateral decision about. Exactly. 
exactly. And so immediately preceding the song that we sang, Elizabeth tells us, I ordered him sent far from London to Ireland and he returns now, an accursed felon. But, okay, and here's where, here's where the heart of the opera is. And here's where, to me, it starts to feel very Italian. But I fear he is guilty of another crime. If I should discover I have a rival, my vengeance would know no limit. To steal Robert's heart from me, it would be like stealing my crown. Mm. Sarah, right again, right before she sings the song we just heard, uh, Sarah says parenthetically, oh no, where can I hide myself? Oh dear. So you've just put the pieces together, yep, have you not? The penny dropped. <laughs> so Elizabeth's in love with the dashing Robert Devereaux, Earl of Essex. Sarah is married to the Duke of Nottingham, but in love with Robert Devereaux, the Earl of Essex, the dashing young man. And Robert Devereaux is in love with himself. Oh, okay. Well, that's convenient. They're all in love with him. <laughs> and in fact, Nottingham, dear, dear friend to Robert Devereaux. Also in love with Nottingham? Well, not like in love with, but, but like a bromance kind of thing. But just dedicated. Dedicated to the point where he's putting himself on the line with the queen. Yeah. To say, you have to, you have to try to excuse his behavior. Help him get back in Please your good help graces. my dear friend. Right. Yeah. So okay, so now what happens, Pat? Everyone's in love with. Robert Devereaux. Robert Devereaux. But so, but who's got all the power, of course? The queen. The queen. The queen has all the power. And so, again, this whole song that we just heard Elizabeth sing has very few lyrics in it, but we can see that she is painfully concerned about yeah. his behavior. If his I have a rival and she has stolen his heart, it is like stealing my crown. It's going to be bad. Right. It's going to be really bad. Income ministers of state, Lord Cecil, Sir Walter Raleigh, all the lords of the parliament, and they say, we have news from parliament. Mm -hmm. Because after all, this is our constitutional monarchy of sorts. Mm -hmm. And she says, ah, what do they have to say? And Parliament has accused the Earl of Essex, Roberta Devereaux. Of treason. Of treason. <gasps> and Elizabeth does not want to carry out what is required when someone is accused of treason, which is, of course, execution. Right. And she's hesitating mm -hmm. in this story. Do they all know that they're like, they know... Well, I don't know exactly what you mean by that little tune. <laughs> you know, that she's like, I love you, Robert Devereaux. He's like, I love you, Queen Elizabeth. Does he? Do, does everybody know? Is it like an open secret? They know that he's a great favorite of hers. They mm. know that he enjoys a special place in her estimation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They know that he's but they given are, command. They are like getting down, right? Meaning... Like they're having a romantic relationship. TBD? He, don't know. Well, I did, you know, again, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. And probably we don't know exactly the, the depths of it. The I nature mean, of their relationship. Okay. People so they're love just, to speculate. I mean, Elizabeth is known as the Virgin Queen. Right. Which is, I mean, I guess I just always assumed that that was like an open secret, that she was the Virgin Queen because she didn't marry anybody. And didn't produce offspring. 
Right. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, which just... you know, which is a lot easier to prove when you're talking about a queen versus a king. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So she, we know that's true. And but she did have favorites, a series of favorites throughout the time she was queen. And he was the final one of these favorites. That is definitely true. And that was not a secret that he was a favorite of hers. Okay, so maybe it wasn't a romantic relationship in terms of physical, but it was definitely a a great affection. It was a great affection. Absolutely. Okay. And everybody knows this. Yes. Okay. That was, now now I think I'm caught up. I'm up to speed. Right. Okay, so the ministers come in. And they're saying, Cecil being sort of the chief among these, saying, Parliament has spoken. He's been accused of treason. Mm. You need to... Off with his head. Act... Accordingly. As the head of state Mm -hmm. and punish treason as treason deserves to be punished. He has betrayed you and the country. Mm -hmm. She's not really... Into it. Eager to move quickly on that. And she's suffering because of it. And we hear she's struggling with this. And again, parenthetically, she will say, my kingdom and the whole world may find you guilty, but you are innocent in my eyes. I mean, in, in some ways, she's viewing him like a son or a child because he is more 20 than years a younger, generation younger right? than yeah. she is. And it's complicated. And now are we finally ready to meet him? To meet yes. young and dashing and handsome Robert. Let's meet him. Well, that was a quick introduction because I want to get us to some of the most beautiful music, I think, in this opera. He has just come and said, royal lady, she says, don't fall to your knees, arise, arise, Robert. And she begins to rebuke him a little bit for his bad behavior. And he says, don't rebuke me. I received all my wounds in your service, in the battles that I fought against your enemies. Hmm. And she says, but what about all those charges against you? He says, what charges? After subduing the rebel forces on the battlefield, I showed the vanquished compassion. And for this, Elizabeth sends her general to the scaffold. So now let's listen to Elizabeth and Roberto sing a little bit together, shall we? Yes. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are listening to Donizetti's Roberto Devereaux.
Oh, 
regina. Some serious singing. That's some serious singing. There's a lot. Of, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm not remembering. Give me the feeling that that song gives you. Do, well, it reminds me a little bit of like a. Um, bum, bum, um, bum, Didn't it feel bum. like you could you could be dancing? In yeah, a big it was fluffy definitely, skirt. <laughs> totally. There was a little bit of that umpa, and then it's just one of those big soaring soprano tenor duets that just really gets in there and goes for it. Yeah, to me it sounded sort of bouncy, and honestly, this is so bel canto to me in that it felt kind of like a happy song. Yeah. Oh, but they're saying horrible mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. The word horrible's in the horrible. Si. first line. La, so, un lampo horrible. Yeah, it was so bouncy, and if you didn't speak Italian or have, you know, super titles to look at. No, you would think they were like. Or opera for everyone to explain what you're listening to. You could be very confused as to what was going on there. So what was going on? Well, Elizabeth is telling us that she is just hopping mad. She is furious. She says, that guilty woman will not escape my vengeance. This rival that she knows is out there. Mm. So does she, she's, she knows there's a rival. She has a pretty good idea. Pretty strong suspicion. Okay. Yes. Yes, she's she knows. She's thinking she's a she's just before this song, she has said to him, Robert, there's someone else, isn't there? And he he stays quiet and she's you're silent. You've betrayed me, haven't you? And he just he says silent. And he says, Don't don't say these things. I fight your enemies for you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I won't do for you. And she's like, that's not what I'm talking about. And this is this is the part that the historian in me gets a little annoyed with because they're kind of dismissing all the statecraft for which Elizabeth is responsible. She mm. is an admirable monarch. Well, she reigned for how many years? Right. And she she actually navigates a lot of tricky situations yeah. as a as a successful monarch. And this opera turns in, her into a jealous woman, a woman a shrew scorned. basically, yeah. a jealous shrew. Right. But that's what that's what's going on here. It turns her into this jealous woman 
and Robert stays silent and she takes that as confirmation that there's a rival and guess what she's right right there is a rival Ugh, this is gonna end badly for his affections not that he's free to have the rival he's not after all she's married to his best friend Mm-hmm. in the story of the opera. But in this happy, bouncy song, she's screaming at him, essentially. My rival, she says, that traitor will die a cruel death. So interesting. She hesitates to proclaim the death sentence to the man who Parliament has declared to be a traitor, Devereux. Yep. Mm-hmm. But she's saying, I will kill the traitor meaning the woman who is the rival for my love. Ah. It's funny how humans are, isn't it? Right? And Robert says, My wretched heart controls your trembling. My ill-fated love has known nothing but tears. May the queen's fatal suspicion fall only on me. Then my secret passion will be buried with me. He goes, I know I'm done for because Parliament's against me and it's just a matter of time. He just wants to protect his lover. And he wants to protect Sarah. And those very serious words were the lyrics to... Bum, 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 bum. (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That what we just listened to. Kind of crazy. Okay, so they've just basically done this amazing little dance where she said, I'm going to try to protect you from parliament but i'm gonna kill you for no i'm gonna kill the woman who you're in love with there she's just letting him know how very angry Mm -hmm. she is that he's let some other woman in on the scene steal his heart that's right i know we have a few moments between robert and his good do we need a new character nottingham it's time for nottingham to come on the scene and what do we need to know about him pat he's a baritone oh all right is he a goodie or is he a baddie? Kind of got to feel badly for him because mm-hmm. he's trying to be a good friend to his friend. So he's not a baddie. He's a goodie. And he's trying to be a good and faithful subject to his queen. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't cheat on his wife. Did not cheat on his wife. I wouldn't call him a baddie here. He's I mean, a goodie. You, could, you can tell me what you think when we get to the end of the opera. But right now he's just trying to be a friend to his friend. He's okay. trying to help out. So let's meet him. This is the Duke of Nottingham. And in this performance, this is the baritone role is played by Andrew Schroeder. And if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And this is Roberto Devereaux by Donizetti. Allora mi parla un dubbio, 
So that was the Duke of Nottingham singing Forza in Kilcor Sensibile. And what does that mean in English, Pat? Something about a sensitive heart? Perhaps her sensitive heart, and I'll read the rest of the line, is easily moved to tears. Mm. So we're back to that same idea that we had at the very beginning of the opera. Sarah is so sad. Immediately preceding that, Nottingham and Roberto were together. Elizabeth had left, and the two of them are speaking together. And Nottingham was saying, I'm, I'm doing what I can for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. And Roberto says, yeah, my, my situation's pretty bad. He said, but just try to forget about me in the arms of your loving wife. <laughs> wow, he's rich, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he's, he? he's bold. a piece of work. At any rate, then Nottingham says, well, yeah, that's kind of difficult because my wife is so sad. I, She just cries all the time. She's sad. She tries to embroider, to take her mind off, and she's got this piece of blue fabric this blue scarf that she's embroidering with gold thread and she covered can, in tears she can bear yeah, exactly she stops to weep all the time and she can't she can't even like embroider a scarf this blue scarf with gold thread and I'm just afraid she's gonna die of of sadness and I don't even know what to do to help her mm. so no there's no comfort there oh Nottingham yeah so he sings this song about how her sensible heart her sense how he heart. loves her and how her sadness Ugh. is just terrible and he says i i could be suspicious that there's something up but she's an angel my wife and mm. sin cannot enter the heart of an angel that's what you think nottingham right <laughs> and back to politics okay so cecil and the lords of parliament enter Cecil looking very stern. Is Cecil always someone moderately annoying? And I don't know. I feel like characters named... Anyway, sorry. Okay, so Cecil is looking stern. Yes, he says the Queen has called a meeting of the Council of Peers. Nottingham is 
a little nervous, a little concerned. And he says, well, we need to carry out this sentence. Sounds like very serious business. And essentially, Nottingham says to Devereaux, my friend, my friend, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to help you. And Roberto says, I know you're trying to do it. Just leave me to my fate. You know, he's trying to be brave. He's trying to be strong. Right. And Nottingham says, no, no, you are my dear friend. I'm going to do everything I can to save you. I know you've been branded a traitor, but I will fight to my death to save your honor. You are a good man, and I'm going to work to save you. Right? This, it's, we're just setting up for the moment of... For lots and lots of tears. Lots of tears. Lots mm-hmm. of tears. And scene, change of scene. We're back at Nottingham's home, and we see Sarah being sad again. Uh-huh. She's got that blue <laughs> scarf that she's crying all over. And there she is being sad with her blue scarf that she's trying to embroider. And who should come in quietly? Roberto Devereux. Indeed, wearing a long cloak. And he's angry. Really? Of course. At her? At her. What? Well, he was off in Ireland fighting for the queen and she had the audacity to go get married. Oh, I see. Okay, see. Okay. Copy that. I thought that, like, she was married to no. the Duke of So Nottingham. she defends herself. She says, listen, buddy, you don't understand what it is to be a woman. Yeah. My father died, and I had no one. Right. And I'm in the queen's service, mm-hmm. and the queen says, Why don't you marry this guy? I'll find a husband for you. Mm-hmm. I so, found one. Right. He's a duke. Right. You marry him. And she said, I begged the queen to let me enter a convent. The only other respectable answer for a woman of station. Enter a convent or get married if you have no father or uncle to take you in. Wow. And she hadn't. And the queen wouldn't consent. I mean, you can't, again, people of high station, whatever the queen says goes. Right, yeah. Because the queen didn't want to let her go because she's one of her confidants. Exactly. The queen wanted to keep her in her Close. service. And the mm-hmm. only way to do that... Was to get married. Was for her to get married. And the queen insisted. Yeah. And Devereux is not happy with this. Well, P.S. Devereux, you're in Ireland. Also, you're not really free to be with me anyway because the queen would never let that happen. So what am I supposed to do? Right. No, she didn't really have any choice in the whole thing. Okay, so she's sitting there with her blue scarf, crying. He comes in. He's like, how dare you get married? She's like, how dare you tell me that? Blah, blah, blah. Then what happens? Right. Well, she sees the ring that he's wearing. He's got a ring on his finger. And she says, besides, you don't need to worry about anything. You've got that ring on. And she's, so we, the audience is going ring, finger, explain that ring. You want to know about the ring? Well, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> it's from the queen. Ugh. No, it's not a marriage ring or anything. It's a ring that's a promise to him that she gave. Anytime you're in trouble, you present this ring. It's like a get-out-of-jail-free oh, card, yeah. in essence. You right. present this ring, and you're given clemency. Except for when Parliament wants to kill you. Well, TBD. We'll see. We'll see. But this ring is a promise of clemency and grace from the queen. It's not like a decoder ring. that'll. And that's her way of saying, buddy, you're criticizing me for following the queen's orders. 
You're taking all kinds of favors from the queen. Don't don't give me your grief. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Not fair. She's like, hey, pot, it's the kettle. You're black. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And she ultimately says, and besides, that's not going to save you anyway. What you need to do is you need to run away. You need to flee. The only way for you to remain alive is to... Do the skedaddle. Do the skedaddle. Right? How does he feel about that? And he's like, I, I can't leave you. I love you. And she says, ah. if you love me, you must leave me forever. Because you can't have me anyway. Oh, Devereaux. And she says, anyway, I want you to live. And to preserve my honor, you have to go. Yeah, or we're all going to die. Right? She says, I'm not going to dishonor myself with you. She hasn't. And she's not going to because she's an honorable woman. So you've got to leave. And he's, he doesn't like to hear this. He says, I never thought Sarah's heart could change so much. I burn with love for you. He's just, he's angry again. And she's just like, go, leave, do the right thing. See what I mean? Everyone's in love with him. And he's in love with himself. Well, it's like he can't say, he can't get out of his own way, though. No, he really can't. And that part, by the way, is true to history. What, that he just couldn't get out of his own way? Right. Right. Because the truth of that is, this all happens in a very compressed period of time, which is normal for artistic, you know, for shows to to compress Mm -hmm. the time frame. He does go off to Ireland. He is ultimately convicted of treason and, spoiler, executed. But what happens in the intervening time of returning and before the execution, he actually mounts a rebellion. What? Where he tries to take power because he's so certain he would be a better leader. So he's he's very much full of himself. Hmm. He thinks, or and Parliament and all that. I mean, he just thinks that his forces. He would like to rule, not then Elizabeth, but then then the leaders in Parliament. He thinks that they have become stodgy and they are not. He would serve Elizabeth better and right. carry out the wishes of the country better. Right. But she's not behind that. She likes him, but she thinks he's like a naughty child. Right. Okay. So Sarah's like, you got to go. He's like, nope, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Basically, uh, what ends up happening here, he ends up tossing the ring to her, and she gives him the scarf as a symbol of... Ooh, that is a bad idea, Sarah. Of her love. Bad. And he puts it in his clothing, out of sight, next to his heart. Not good. Not good. And they proclaim their love for each other, and he agrees to depart. They're both going down in flames. And they they sing about it. Of course, as one does. Are we going to hear that? Indeed we are. Okay. And I think this is probably going to take us to the end of the first half. Okay. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone, and this is Donizetti's Roberto Devereaux, and we have our male lead, Robert Devereaux, Earl of Essex, as well as our mezzo-soprano, Sarah, Duchess of Nottingham. Primo 
opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron, and me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode.
Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode, we are listening to Roberto Devereaux by Gaetano Donizetti. And it's that time, Keely. It's the time. It's time for the Opera Helmet Quiz. You get to tell us what's happened in the I first get half. I get to put my uh, meager brain cells, <laughs> rub them together, and see if I can come up with a cohesive story. You do great. You'll be fine. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad you believe in me. Thank I do. You. Thank you. So we are set in Elizabethan England. This is the story of one of Elizabeth's last favorites. And so... Elizabeth was the Virgin Queen. She never married. She never had any children. Well, Roberto Devereux was one of her final final favorites of her reign, and he was the Earl of Essex. And we begin today's opera with a woman who is integral to the story, but not the lead. And her name is Sarah, and she is the Duchess of Nottingham. And she is lamenting her sorrow and saying how sad she is that her sorrow is private. No one must ever know about her sorrow, but yet she is so sad. And then next we meet Elizabeth, the Queen of England, Mm -hmm. who comes in and she's angry about her favorite, who is Roberto Devereux, who has been sent to Ireland to rule there, and she is convinced that he is... Well, to fight there. To fight, okay, to fight um, to against... To subdue the Irish. To subdue the Irish, okay. And it has become clear to her that she has lost his affection and attention to another, and she's not really sure who that other person is, but she's upset about it. Also, at the same time, we have the advisors to the queen, Cecil, and some of the other members of her Council. Council. Parliament. And they come back and they say, Parliament has just decided that Roberto Devereux has to die because he has given one of the Irish rebellion leaders clemency. Several. The rebellion has been subdued, but those who've led it have been given clemency. Have been given clemency. Okay. And they've decided that this is an act of treason and thereby punishable by death. Right. And they're like, Elizabeth, you've got to sentence this man to death because he's a traitor to the crown. Enter the Duke of Nottingham, who is married to Sarah, the sad woman who began the the opera. Um, And he comes in and he says, okay, well, I've got the Earl of Essex, Robert Devereux, is is coming here to beg for mercy from you, Elizabeth, and you need to hear him out and give him mercy. And she says, well, whatever. Okay, and so then... Robert Devereux, who everybody's in love with because he's super charming. So Queen Elizabeth's in love with him. Sarah's in love with him. Oh, maybe we don't know that yet. But so anyway, he's super charming and he comes well, in. Well, we, we know by the end of we, the first we know. act. Okay, so we know <laughs> that Sarah's in love with him. And and we also know that for some reason, the the, the Duke of Nottingham has like a bromance with him. They're like besties. They're just, they're just really good friends. Except right. for then he's like in love with his wife. But he doesn't know that yet. But he Nottingham doesn't know Nottingham doesn't know it. Nottingham doesn't know it. Yeah. And then... So Nottingham says, okay, queen, you've got to hear him out. He's not a bad guy. You're going to have to give him clemency. And she says, we'll see about that. And so then Roberto Devereux comes in and says, oh, noble lady, there you are. I throw myself at your mercy. And she's like, oh, Robert. (laughs) She's like, you're in trouble. And so then they sing this gorgeous duet. And then the counselors come back and they're like, you're going to have to die, Robert Devereux. And he's like, well, we'll see about that. And so then Robert and his buddy, the Duke of Nottingham, 
are talking about Sarah cries all the time and I don't get it. She just, she's always crying. And then the Duke of Nottingham sings this really sad song about how his wife just cries all the time and she's got this blue scarf and she's embroidering it, but it's just like covered in tears and he doesn't know what to do. And she's an angel and she would never cheat on me because she's an angel and sin wouldn't even enter her heart. And... Roberto Devereaux is like, yeah, she's awesome. She's a really sweet lady. But she would never do anything bad. I don't know, playing diversionary tactics. Yeah, right. And, um, and then cut to sad Sarah crying on her blue scarf. Right. And Roberto shows up in a long cloak. And he's like, hey, Sarah, how dare you go and get married while I was gone? And she's like, what? You were gone. My dad died. I work for the queen. It was either a convent or get married. I chose convent. The queen, who, P.S., is the queen, so she gets to decide. The queen chose the Duke of Nottingham, so now I'm married. And by the way, you are gone, and also, you're going to be sentenced to death, and also, the queen is in love with you, so what are you complaining about? And right. he, In the end, she says, you must go away, because if you don't, both of us are going to get killed. And so then they both make the really good decision. <laughs> well, she insists that he leave because, first of all, to save his life, and secondly, to protect her honor. Yeah, she's got to save her own life, too. Because if they find out that she's the one that has stolen his heart, if Elizabeth finds out that Sarah's right. the one that has stolen Roberto Devereaux's heart, it's not going to end well. Right. So I think she's also like thinking about saving her life but then they make the really bad decision which is a total opera decision where (laughs) here let's take this um scarf that my husband knows that i've been embroidering because he sang a song about it (laughs) and then also this ring that the queen gave you and let's exchange those two things because no one will ever know and then roberto you've got to go away and then i'm gonna just go back to crying and I think that's where we left it. And yeah. that was the end of Act One. Yeah, they, they have a tearful farewell right at the very end. With these two totally recognizable items that they've given to one another that everybody's going to know that the other person had before they gave them to each other. Right. This is not said quite so loudly in the opera, but we've seen shows before. So, yes. Yeah, this is not my first opera. <laughs> not your first opera so did i get it i you you, you you jumped into help there a couple times but in the end did i tell the story mostly beautifully bring us up to speed of course you did okay you always do great well pat you're so generous oh no not really yeah so then we we launch into act two act two is not that long we have two more acts but act two is is pretty quick okay so where do we begin act two in a magnificent gallery at the palace and we're back with the lords of the court and elizabeth And the lords are saying that the hours are passing. And they say, well, without the queen's support, Devereaux is surely doomed. And Elizabeth is struggling. Right. She's absolutely struggling. Because she has a great affection for him. She does. But she's mad at him. She's mad at him. She's got responsibilities as, as head of state. Right. And Parliament has said he's a traitor. That's right. And she turns to Cecil and she says, well... And Cecil's like, Madam, the fate of the culprit was much debated. The Duke, Duke of Nottingham, defended him vigorously, out of friendship, but his argument lacked strong reasoning, and the Duke himself will come to you to deliver the sentence. And that's exactly what happens. The Duke of Nottingham is going to come 
and explain that that is what oh yeah it's it's really dramatic pretty brutal yeah but before this happens raleigh our old friend from history sir walter sir walter raleigh shows up and says we found the villain we disarmed him oh he was trying to escape as we all know from the end of the last act of course Devereux was trying to escape they oh, captured him okay. in his efforts to escape. Oh, I see. Okay, so they found Devereux. Okay, I was thinking like they found the tra- the traitors that are, the, you know, the rebellion no. people. No. Okay, so they found Devereux. So he's like, he tried to escape. We found him and we were searching him for incriminating documents. Guess what we found? Uh, that blue scarf. <laughs> we found a silk scarf which he held next to his heart. And he pulls it out. I had it taken from him. And he became quite angry and he cried out, Better to have torn my heart from my chest. Ugh. Things are not looking good for anybody at this point. And Raleigh gives the scarf to Elizabeth. And she knows that, she, in fact, she says, oh, This is a love token. And she's furious right she puts the scarf away in a little box on her desk mm-hmm. enter nottingham mm-hmm. with the verdict off with his head i come before the queen with a heavy heart on my heart is engraved his death sentence he was received with a mysterious rival that very night he betrayed me she's she's her heart is breaking so it's all kind of coming together. This mm-hmm. the death sentence must take Be place out. Yeah. by order of parliament, and she's also feeling okay. It's the right thing to do because I have confirmation, physical confirmation of that his he's betrayal, betrayed me, not just on a a state level but on a personal level, right? As well, and it's heartbreaking, and it's also musical. Let's listen to the lovely duet between Nottingham and Elizabeth. Yeah. 
If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and we are listening to Roberto Devereaux by Gaetano Donizetti, and we've just heard an amazing duet between Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth I, and the Duke of Nottingham regarding the fate of Roberto Devereaux. Yes. And what were they, it sounded at some point, Pat, it sounded like they were arguing. Yes, they have differing opinions at this moment. So what were they saying? Well, Nottingham is pleading for the life of his friend, Roberto Devereaux. Right. He is saying, Queen, please restrain your anger. You know I love you, Queen. I am your faithful servant. And out of my faithful service that you know that I've shown for you Mm -hmm. as a reward for that, please show mercy. But he And my only request for you is that you do this for me and she says be silent that infidel merits no mercy his betrayal is detestable his iniquity is certain and he will die let no one cry for mercy you were saying because he has not yet seen what's in the box on her desk i don't think nottingham is aware that there's anything of importance right on her desk. So they're arguing, and he's like pleading for the life of his friend. That's right. In air quotes. So the guards bring Roberto Devereaux in mm-hmm. to see the queen, and she can't even look at him. And she says, Do you remember when I asked you point blank, do you love another? And you answered me, No. You're a liar, and I have evidence. She flips open the box and she whips out the scarf, confronting him with the evidence. And who's standing right there? The husband of the woman who was embroidering the scarf. So it's all going terribly wrong, isn't it? And there is a fabulous trio with three of them all in their own little worlds dealing with their own grief let's hear elizabeth and roberto and nottingham oh so all three of them together all three together elizabeth furious at the betrayal of this favorite of hers Mm -hmm. who she wanted to she wanted to be able to grant clemency in spite of the condemnation of parliament right she wanted to to grant mercy to him it's pretty interesting so you know what you said earlier about uh, this opera not necessarily being factual but right you can imagine that this might have actually happened that this queen would not be able to get past the betrayal and would you know that she would actually have great affection for him and have to sentence him to death Well, you know, the most famous case of her having to sentence someone to death that she really didn't want to sentence to death 
is treated in one of the earlier Tudor Queen operas, and that's Mary Stuart, her cousin. Right. So may we take a moment for history? Yeah. Is there going to be a knowledge bomb? <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bit of background here. First of all, right, it's the late 1500s. Elizabeth dies actually in 1603. Okay. So I and she believe she reigned for like 30 years, didn't she? Elizabeth I reigns from 1558 to 1603. It's a long time. Oh yeah, she's especially a, she, in that age where people died early. She is a long reigning monarch. Quick bit of background on Elizabeth: she is one of the daughter queens of Henry VIII, mm-hmm. the infamous king, the one who had six wives, the king of England who breaks from the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and establishes the Protestant Church, in Church England. of England. Mm-hmm. So his first wife is Catherine of Aragon, and he's married to her for over 20 years. She is Catholic, mm-hmm. and it is his... And Spanish. And she's Spanish, and it is his enormous desire to get a divorce from her... Because she's unable to bear him a son. That ultimately is the motivating factor for him breaking away from the Catholic Church because Mm -hmm. he asks for an annulment on the grounds that she had previously been married to his his brother, brother. Arthur, who died. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's very complicated and... uh, I don't, I but it's a to... fascinating story, and it's actually, if I'm honest, one of the only stories that I actually know about the so British monarchy interesting. because it's so fascinating. And yeah. often dramatized because it's so interesting. Yeah. Right. So, But they're married for quite a long time. She's Catholic. Her daughter, Mary, becomes Mary I, is also Catholic. But ultimately, when they he does separate, it is in order to marry another young Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn, Protestant. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the issue from that marriage is, to use the royal terminology, right. is Elizabeth I. Right. Born pretty shortly after they get married, same year as they are married. Though Anne Boleyn does not survive very long. She is ultimately beheaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth is initially declared illegitimate after Anne Boleyn is executed on account of treason. Mm-hmm. Time passes and that judgment is changed but as you can imagine at this time when protestantism is relatively new Mm -hmm. and there are toings and froings in all of europe between catholicism and protestantism i mean this is the period of religious wars between 1559 approximately and the beginning of the 18th century Mm -hmm. that's that age of religious wars And part of the genius of Elizabeth's reign is she helps to settle things down. Mm -hmm. She she doesn't become a crusader for Protestantism as opposed to Mary, who is... A crusader for Catholicism. Right. So she swings the pendulum back. She's Mm -hmm. Catholic, of course, the daughter of Catherine of Aragon. Mm -hmm. She's the one who's known as Bloody Mary because of all the executions. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating period of time. But the reason, to get back to my comment about Mary Stuart, the reason why ultimately Mary Stuart is executed is because there was so so much evidence of the plots that existed that Mary Stuart was supporting these intrigues to have Elizabeth executed because Mary Stuart and her offspring, her son, James, who was king in Scotland, that they would be next in line to the throne because, of course, Elizabeth had no children. Right. So they were next in line to the throne. There were so many plots to have 
Elizabeth executed that could be the blame directly on Mary Queen of Scots or Mary Stuart, who, by the way, was under house arrest for over 20 years. years. Yeah, I remember that. And ultimately, Elizabeth has no choice but to... Kill her own sister. Half-sister. Not sister. Uh, cousin. Mary Stuart is the granddaughter of Henry VIII's older sister. Henry VIII being Elizabeth's father. Mary Stuart was the granddaughter of Henry VIII's older sister. Correct. How did Bloody Mary die? Oh, she was sickly. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay. She just died. So then... She died and Elizabeth became queen. When Mary I died. Yeah, okay. You remember I mentioned earlier that there's something very Italian about all of this. Part of it is is the, is the Catholic element. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of criticism about the Protestantism of Elizabeth that sings through in all of this. And a lot of criticism about the role of a woman queen. Oh, interesting. Honestly, from my point of view, really fond of this concept that she can't be a very good head of state and the only thing that really matters to her are the love affairs. Right. Uh, But it was very common in Europe, certainly in her time and also in the early 19th century, Mm -hmm. to see her as unwomanly, to be proud of this concept of being a virgin queen. That was not being fully a woman. Right. And certainly she was not a playing. failure of some kind because she was unmarried and she didn't have children. So she was not properly being a woman. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth was seen as still illegitimate. Like her legitimacy was never fully accepted mm-hmm. by many, many Catholics. Almost 50 year reign. Yes. It's quite a long time to be an illegitimate monarch. But she wasn't an illegitimate monarch because she was later proclaimed. I mean, there were acts of parliament and it was, yeah. Right. But the Catholic parts parts of Europe saw her as illegitimate. Absolutely. Mm. But like I said, this was, there was over a century of war, over a century and a half of war in Europe raging between the Catholics and the Protestants. Interesting. So that was a massive bunny trail. Pat, where did I forgot? That was a little, that was a little bit of history. Yeah. I mean, it was well, that but. was that was on the concept of Elizabeth um, sometimes having to agree to execute someone she was very fond of. Right. That's where that started. That's where that was, started. This could a- have actually been kind of based in real history. Right. And remember, I did mention that Devereux, in fact, was executed and led a rebellion against her he would say for her but against her ministers she had not rejected so he he was a he was a rebel he was a pot stirrer he was a rebel he he was so full of himself he was so self-assured he he was overconfident and thought he had the queen's love to the extent that he could do whatever he wanted he was wrong he was wrong he was dead wrong no pun intended I may have intended that part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the music. I've yes. totally and completely forgotten where we were. We were we were saying Devereux and the Duke of Nottingham and the Queen were all having this trio about their feelings. Let's hear it. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHLO. <laughs> Hey! 
colpe a me di svela, quello sguardo e quel pallone. Cento colpe a me di svela, quello sguardo e quel pallone. bel canto singing there pat wasn't that great there is even a bit of acapella did you notice yes at the very end so that was our lead our two lead characters roberto devereaux and the queen of england as well as the duke of nottingham and they were all like, suffering yeah wallowing in their own sorrows and what were they saying roberto was saying i'm gonna die basically yes my miserable peril has extinguished my courage he says he's considering the scarf and he says well that unfortunate pledge was a token of death not of love yeah but we all saw that one coming i mean come on <laughs> well Roberto. at least you did duh and nottingham is just reeling yeah saying, my wife and my best friend right this is delirium a horrible dream no never did a man's heart not welcome such excess and he's just trying to keep it all together mm-hmm. and not let the queen know exactly what's going on because he doesn't want... His wife to be killed. Exactly. He doesn't want her anger to turn on Sarah and Elizabeth. I love this line. Elizabeth is the queen mm-hmm. and she knows her power. Elizabeth says, now you will feel my wrath Rather than face the fiery hell of an avenging God, rather than offend the daughter of Henry VIII, you would have been better off facing God. (laughs) I believe her. You would be better off to descend living into your grave. Mm. So she invokes her father, and and we all know the horrible things that her father did. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and now it's time to start the third act at the home of Nottingham. And that means we're going to get to see Sad Sarah once more. Sad Sarah. But without her blue scarf. No, no. No blue scarf. No blue scarf. But she does still have that ring. Do you think that she threw it into the bottom of a well? Did she get a shred I can tell you for sure that it is not at the bottom of a well. Ugh. She's awaiting they... the return of her husband. Uh-huh. And the first song she sings, which I don't think we're going to listen to right now, but she sings, and still my husband does not return. Mm-hmm. Because she wants to know what's going to happen to Robert. Yeah. Her husband's good friend. Right. Oink, wink. Derp, derp, derp. <laughs> and a soldier comes in, and he brings her a letter. Uh. From Robert. Yes. And what does the letter say, Pat? And it says, 
Oh no. Oh <laughs> god. Really? It, it says, "Oh no. A death warrant has been signed against Robert." But there's a ring. Sarah, you happen to have that ring. Ooh. If you bring the ring, it can save it can save my life. Please, How? Please bring the ring. Oh, it's so these people are so dumb. <laughs> Gosh. It's opera, Keely. I can't even look. It's <laughs> can't even look it's opera on the radio keely i can't well if you saw me i have my eyes closed it's awful so dumb and uh so nottingham is there and he's like why you got that ring girl hmm hmm nottingham who's been a very sweet and loving tender husband is just he's sideways simmering boiling not looking kindly at her no He's like, uh, the letter. Yeah. Give it to me. She doesn't want to do that. He's like, the letter? Yeah. Here? Now? And she doesn't have the nerve to disobey. He's furious. Ooh. Then what happens? Well, he's like, I know everything. Right. Yeah. And there is a god who takes vengeance on traitors. And with that very comment, he's not just referring to one person, is he? Right. Because she has betrayed him. Although, you know what I do need to say here, Pat? Sure, what? Like, love and all of those things, like the power of love and the heart wants what it wants and all these kind of, I don't know, sayings that I'm that are escaping me at the moment. Like, Roberto Devereaux and Sarah were in love prior to him leaving, right? So, whatever. And then she didn't have a choice about marrying this guy. So in some ways, you you kind of, you would have to feel bad for both of them, for all of them, right? For the, It is this circumstance. It's, it's not as if she was married It's actually very important to, to remember what marriage amongst the nobility meant. Yeah, it wasn't about. Yeah, but the they all slept around, century. didn't they? I mean, there's just like, wasn't it kind of one of those things like, I'm just going to look but the other way. But for a nobleman in the 16th and 17th century, a wife was a possession. Yeah, clearly. And it would be like unspeakably shameful for him, for his wife to betray him. Yeah, yep. Because among other things... It calls into question lineage. Right. And that that cannot be. Right. Because lineage is everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are no children that are brought up in this particular opera, but but that is underpinning all of these, you know, the feelings about it. Right. Yeah, I forget. Okay, so... He's like, but that's why there's there's so many dramas written on this topic, though, for the very reasons, you know, you're... Your impulses are real, but there's so many dramas written about love versus marriage, the marriage contract. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, the higher you were in rank, the less, the less, or the more, the less, less freedom. freedom you had to choose. Yeah, I mean, I say that, and then I'm like thinking of all kinds of arguments against it. But, but you certainly, she didn't have freedom. She was, she would have preferred the convent. Yeah. And there were times when people were required to go to the convent for various family reasons. The short answer being most people didn't get to make their own choices about Anything. the course of their life. Right, yeah. Other family members did, or in the case of high nobility. The queen did or the king did. Exactly. Or, yeah. But back to Sarah and Nottingham. 
Right. Okay, so when Nottingham reads the letter, he said, So he gave you a ring last night when you gave him that love token, your blue scarf. And she she can't even speak. She's, she's yeah, losing her mind. She's absolutely losing her mind. He says, Well, Roberta still lives. Mm-hmm. He was such a good friend to me. I loved him so well that I pled his case with the queen and my wife, who I love so well and I cherished as a gift from heaven. And look who's betrayed me. Oh, my cherished wife and oh, my best friend. And Sarah is just, she, she manages to speak and he, she says, husband, God knows I am pure. I am chaste. I am innocent. I have not betrayed you. So at this point, she's saying, I've protected my honor. There may have been affection between us, but I have not actually betrayed you. Mm -hmm. I've never betrayed your trust. And Nottingham feels so betrayed now that like this is not... It's just adding fuel to the fire. It's just making him more angry. This is not getting through to him. Right. So let's hear a little bit of a song between the two of them where they're going to sing Grant a But a Moment's Freedom from this agony. Oh, dear. 
That was pretty incredible. That was some bel canto. Spectacular, right? And, and they have opposing goals right now. Like, actually different directions that they're trying to go. And you can imagine what they are. She wants to live. And where does she want to go? She wants to go to the palace to be with Roberto. To take? The ring to the queen and try and get clemency. And Nottingham? Nottingham wants to let Devereux die. So he doesn't want to allow her to leave? No. No, he does not. And so that, the line that I read in the beginning for the mm-hmm. title, mm-hmm. grant him a bit of moment's freedom from this agony, that's her pleading with him to allow her to leave. She says, I swear I will not try to escape. I will quick, quickly return to accept your punishment. Then you can stab me a hundred times if you want to. And Did I will, she really say that? You can stab will, me a hundred times? And I will bless the hand that strikes me, she wow. says. Wow. Again, sort of a happy, bouncy song. And he says... Ever more strongly do I burn with rage. You have robbed me of my dignity. Your every word, every tear is like a new crime. Too briefly he will suffer when he is put to death. I also like that line, every tear is a new crime. Mm-hmm. Well, because she's been crying for an awfully long time Yeah, now. like weeks. <laughs> or months, or who knows how long. Right. We have a new scene for our final scene. Is it, a, is it back at the palace? It's in the Tower of London. Aha! And we all know... What happens there. Roberto is awaiting his fate. Well, I was going to say just mostly bad tourist activities and waffle cones and stuff. Selfie sticks. Selfie sticks. (laughs) Yeah, the Tower of London is... Actually, it's not that bad. It's clean, at least. It doesn't smell bad. But, okay, so... I imagine in his days, it probably probably, didn't smell so good. It didn't probably smell good. So, Roberto Devereaux is in the Tower... Yes, he's awaiting his fate, and we see a moment where he's not entirely selfish here. He says, now I only hope that Sarah's innocence will be vindicated. Okay. So he's hoping that she is not suffering for his misdeeds, because he knows, because they were all in that room together, he knows that Nottingham knows. About the scarf and the... That Sarah is implicated. But... He wants to convey to Nottingham mm-hmm. that his wife did not misbehave. And so he sings this beautiful aria, mm. pure as an angel. Let's listen. All right. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And this is Roberto Devereaux by Gaetano Donizetti. Come uno spirito angelico Consorte, sì, come spirito angelico, pura è la tua consorte, lo giuro e il Estremo accento 
Well, Pat, that was a bel canto aria if I ever heard one. Lovely, huh? Tenor, rich, lots of flourishes and whatnot. It was lovely. It was lovely. And I would say it was probably the one time I found Roberto Devereaux to be an appealing character because he was being not self-absorbed. Right. And there he is right now. He is waiting, hopefully, he hopes, good news, a response to the letter that he sent to Sarah requesting that she bring that wonderful ring to the queen Mm -hmm. and ask for pardon, ask that the promise of that ring be honored. Yeah. And does he have a traumatic brain injury or is he the (laughs) dumbest person ever? Because he's a very self-centered person. The flawed logic on that is, hey, I'm going to, Ask the person that I love to bring back a ring that was given be, given to me by the queen so that she'll grant me clemency even though now she's going to know the identity of the person that I'm in love with that's not her, thereby sealing her fate. Well, it never really comes to that, of course, because Nottingham is barring Sarah's way. Right. Essentially keeping her under house arrest. Yeah. At least for a period of time. Again, While things cool off. Spoiler alert, at least for the crucial period of time. Mm. So when the guards open the door and Devereaux is very expectant and hopeful that that it's going to be Sarah with the ring or the good news that the queen has seen the ring and is going to honor this pledge she made to him ages ago. No, they're taking him to the executioner's block. Right. So that happens. And now we have. (laughs) So that happens. That happens. And now we go to the queen's apartments for our in final scene in the palace. And Can I ask a silly question? Sure. Is it? It's not Buckingham Palace, is it? In the 1500s? No. No. No, it's not. Not yet. Okay. That's later on. Okay. Different palace, older palace. So in the queen's apartments, she is... Upset? She's upset. It's This is hard for her. She knows this is what she needs to do, but there's all these emotions that are going on. And remember... This is Elizabeth right at the end of her life. Mm-hmm. So, How old was she when she died? Well, she was born in 1533, died in 1603. So that would make her 70, 71? 70, 71. Yeah. So she's in her apartment. She, it's, she's getting older. It's somebody that she actually really has great affection for. And he has betrayed her and she's heartbroken. But he's And a she's traitor. lamenting. And the first thing we hear her sing is... Why does Sarah, my faithful servant, abandon me in my moment of anguish? Ooh. Of course, we know why, because her husband's holding keep, her, keeping her at captive. home. And as she's there with her ladies and the grief is pouring out of her, she ultimately pulls off her wig. Lots of people wore wigs, but mm-hmm. when she takes off her wig, by the way, during the whole of this show, she's overly... Done up. She's overly pale. Mm-hmm. And which is how all the descriptions of Elizabeth are during the end of her life. She's overly pale with makeup and overly rouged. And mm-hmm. it's part of the mask of, of the monarch at this point. But when you combine that with essentially a bald woman who's taken off her fancy red hair. Yeah, I bet it looks spooky. It does. It's not pretty. And she, she takes off her wig. So she just looks pathetic. Pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very well put. Frail and old. And-, and and she says, she sings, oh, just 
live, ungrateful one. And she's sort of relenting in her own mind. Could he come to me at the last moment? Could he, could he come to me? Could he apologize? Could he, she, she's kind of grasping. She's grasping, she's in reverie, she's not taking action, and she's looking less like this regal monarch that we've seen with all the counselors around mm-hmm. her, but she's an old woman Who's looking alone. frail yeah. in her apartments. And she's not technically alone because all of her ladies in waiting are around her. But there she is, and she looks, it's just sad. It's just pathetic, and it's sad. And Cecil comes in. She turns, well, what news do you bring, Cecil? And he says, well, he was executed. <gasps> Did he not give you a token to present to the queen? She was expecting... Oh, for the... Oh, my gosh. Seriously? She was expecting the ring. The magical ring. Mm-hmm. No, I received nothing. And Elizabeth says, someone's coming. And finally, Sarah bursts through with the, the ring. ring. Sarah says, I, I'm so sorry, madam, but... I am your rival. Ugh. She says, punish me, please, punish me, but save the Earl. But it's too late. It's too late. Yep. And the Lords say, he is dead. He is dead. And the chorus rings in, what a terror, what a terror. And Elizabeth is just, the emotion is, it is just hard to imagine that one body can contain this much emotion as she turns to Sarah and says, your wickedness, Sarah, that's what sent him to his death. Why did you delay in sending me this ring? So this ring was going to do the trick. You asked about that. Huh. And Nottingham comes in, having followed Sarah at this point. Right. And he says, this is all my doing, queen. It was to reclaim my honor. I wanted blood. And I got blood. Ugh. And she points at Sarah. Guilty woman. And she points at Nottingham. Heartless man. So she's just angry at everyone. And she concludes the opera by saying, The blood you have shed shall rise to heaven. I'm not concluding the opera yet, but that's the last song. That's the beginning of the last song. Mm-hmm. She is so angry about his death. Interesting, right? As if she had nothing to do with it, right? right? And she says, so hideous a crime does not merit our pity. Turn to God, all of you. That's the only thing left to do. Perhaps he will deign to pardon you. And right at the very end of the opera, (laughs) we can listen to some of this music, but I just want to fill in the plot before we listen to all this beautiful music. Not historical. She abdicates. Huh. She gives up the throne and she says, nope. I'm not going to reign as queen any longer. I no longer wish to be queen. I will give up the throne and I wish for James to become king. Now, James of Scotland, James the sixth mm-hmm. of Scotland. Mary Stuart's son. Mary Stuart's son does, of course. Become king. Does, of course, become king after Elizabeth I dies. That is historically accurate. Mm-hmm. But she didn't abdicate. She did not abdicate. Right. No, she did not. So it is interesting. I, I, we talked about this period of religious wars, Protestantism, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And it is it is a serious toing and froing of what religion the rulers are going to be. But, but as we pointed out, Elizabeth had such a long period of reign as a Protestant ruler and so many 
systems were already put in place with her as a Protestant ruler and relative religious toleration that James didn't totally swing things back the other way because James, of course, is a Catholic ruler. But things are not firmly set for Protestantism being the, the, the ultimate mm-hmm. Church final. Church of England. Church of England, the final, you know, that's it. It's all over until, of course, the Glorious Revolution. 1688. Well, I would like to hear more about that. William and Mary, we can talk about that some other time. I don't know if there's an opera about that one. (laughs) There should be. That's later, but it's later in the same century. Mm -hmm. Later in the same century that Elizabeth dies. That's when it all finally settles down and it's, that's that. But. Amazing. They had to execute Mary, Queen of Scots, Mm -hmm. to secure the throne for For Elizabeth. Elizabeth. But ultimately it is Mary's son who takes the throne after Elizabeth dies. She does not abdicate the way she does in this opera. So let's listen to some of that final music of the emotion that Elizabeth is feeling. A little bit of Sarah, a little bit of Nottingham. All right, well, thank you for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. This is Gaetano Donizetti's Roberto Devereaux on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,
to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera opera for for everyone. everyone.